Give the gift of liberty this holiday season by becoming a Cato sponsor on behalf of a friend or loved one. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And if you support our work with $1,000 or more, I'll give you or your designee a shout out on the podcast. Help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace by becoming a Cato podcast sponsor. That website again is cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 23rd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. To the extent that the Trump administration has established a regulatory record, there's plenty of success to point to. That from Cato's Will Yateman. Yateman argues that many of the moves made by the administration on the regulatory front should please anyone who cares about overweening federal regulators. A lot of people were excited to uh, have Donald Trump in the White House because they thought uh, he would present some much better regulatory environment for uh, for businesses and um, other things, individuals. Uh, and to his credit, the Congressional Review Act that allows Congress to throw out some of those late rules that administrations uh, put in place was used and successfully used. 18 times. That's more than any other uh, president. The number of pages entered into the Federal Register has declined, at least in pace. But at the same time, I, I think about that and I think, well, is that... It's a slower rate of growth. Uh, and that's maybe... Is that the best we should hope for? But you say... Uh, before we started recording, you say that the Trump administration has actually done quite a bit more uh, to rein in regulatory agencies, and this is lar largely gone unnoticed. Largely unnoticed, and and to be sure, of course, the president has has done a number of things that have strained the separation of powers. I mean, I'm thinking of circumventing Congress's power of the purse by declaring an emergency to get his border wall funding. But all that aside, on very important matters of administrative law, he has been as advertised. And, and indeed, as we'll discuss, he's working counter to his institutional interests. I mean, he's shackling his, his own branch of government's ability to render policy, which is the, the currency for getting votes. Um, it's what you noted at the outset, the pace of regulation, the output. Um, and indeed, we have seen historically, you know, relative to the past, um, lower levels. We saw in 2018, uh, 12 regulations with the force and effect of law promulgated for, for every uh, law passed by Congress, uh, a proxy of the administrative state's policymaking. That's the lowest ratio in a decade. It had gotten as high as about 60 during the Obama administration. So we are indeed seeing a slowing down there. At the same time, and what's going virtually unnoticed, is institutional reforms that the president is implementing that restructure how the agencies go about making these policies. Um, it, this has been achieved primarily through the issuance of four executive orders in March of 2017 and then two more in October of 2018. Um, these executive orders have had the effect of giving the agencies a mandate um, to, in essence, implement many of the fine recommendations from a quasi-governmental body full of law professors known as the Administrative Conference of the United States. And as, as you would expect, very non-partial. I mean, these are um, indeed good ideas. Uh, for example, um, this notion that guidance documents, so 
the founding fathers. They, they called excessive lawmaking a disease, and that's why they made it hard to pass laws. These regulations about which I speak, they're easier to pass. But the easiest law to pass is by a guidance. I mean, the, the regulations, they're subject to these, these procedures by which the agent must solicit public comment and then consider that public comment and thereby build a record that backs up the, the law-like rule. These guidance documents are, are exempt um, from such procedures. Uh, as such, they pre present a, a pretty darn big incentive. I mean, the agency on the one hand, can undergo this multi-year process to produce its regulations. That requires a lot of time, a lot of effort, and they've got limited resources. On the other hand, with a, a stroke of a signature, they can get out the door a, a guidance document that interprets the law or interprets a regulation and thereby achieves a new policy. So a, a, a very common sense recommendation that was both um, advocated by, uh, again, these professional organizations of administrative law scholars and indeed was bandied about by Congress. Um, uh, it was to simply have agencies list all on one web page where these guidance are. I mean, believe it or not, to date, and this has been a huge issue in administrative law circles, agencies don't don't put these things on their websites. You, you don't know where to find them. There's no centralized location. Um, so the, for a long time, administrative law scholars have been saying, hey, let's clean this up. Let's get these all in one location so the regulated public knows where to find them. In the last Congress, the 115th Congress, a bill passed out of the House that, that would require agencies to do this. It didn't pass the Senate. It failed. Um, courts have been struggling with how to distinguish these guidance documents from legislative rules. Along comes Trump. He issues these two executive orders in October of 2018, Executive Order 13891, 13892. And he orders agencies to put all these guidance documents on one web page. He gives them a 270-day deadline. And if after 270 days, any guidance document is not on the web page, it can't take effect. The DOJ won't, won't assist the agency, won't defend that in court. Um, so it's a very positive uh, uh it's a very positive development, and the agencies are actually following through on this. I've been to a number of meetings and conferences where I've heard representatives from the HH, or Health and Human Services, um, from the Department of Labor, um, from the Department of Transportation, about how they've gone into these dusty rooms in the basement of their offices um, and, and been rifling through file cabinets and, and have indeed been parsing out a lot of outdated and, and purely inconsequential presently uh, guidance. So it's um, we know that they're they're proceeding um, in implementing these executive orders, and and again, that which Congress couldn't do to check the executive branch, that which courts were struggling with to check the executive branch, the president did, and the agencies are actually following through. And the ultimate end here is to make it harder for the executive branch to render policy, which again is the currency of politics. That's how you attract voters. So he's he's. Actually, in, in you know, for good of country, uh, implementing these reforms that work against his institutional interests, that Congress, who is supposed to be the president's constitutional rival, I mean, these political branches are supposed to comp compete that they couldn't do. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll say this with that initial caveat having been mentioned that of course Trump isn't perfect. Um, hats off on this score. They're doing some good stuff. Okay, so uh, with respect to that, does that make 
in your view, congressional action more or less likely to uh, adopt, you know, as you uh, mentioned uh, before we started recording, the Administrative Procedure Act governs how the administrative state performs its functions and hasn't been updated in, in 75 years. And uh, just by virtue of that fact, uh, this modernization, and I should say, by virtue of the fact that the president has ordered agencies to adopt a lot of these recommendations, do you think that makes congressional action more or less likely? More likely. And and here's why. But, but Caleb did a great job of, of introducing um, what is perhaps the most salient issue in administrative law today. And that is, we've got uh, this shift over in the, during the 20th century where a policymaking initiative went from, went from Congress passing laws to to agencies issuing regulations. The, the Administrative Procedure Act is known as the Constitution of the Administrative State. It was passed in 1946, so that's 74 years ago, 73, 74 years ago, a long time ago. The manner in which agencies render policy is of not diametrically opposed, but is very different. It has changed very much in the three-quarter century since the Constitution of the Administrative State was passed. Uh, the upshot is that there's this huge incentive, there's this big impetus for Congress to revisit the law. And we've seen a number of fantastic reform bills bandied about in Congress. Um, alas, that they have not, uh, the critical mass of support has not yet um, arrived. I think what the president is doing is going to lend wind or, or to the sales of these efforts, um, not only because it puts it uh, front and center, not, not only because, you know, by signing this executive order, these executive orders uh, and requiring agencies to do all this, it, it brings attention to the issue. More importantly comes when the next president is in office. So when a president of a different political persuasion, and by here, I'm sorry, so when a Democrat next occupies the White House. And when, as is perhaps likely, they were to take efforts to reverse these reforms. And, and again, a lot of what Trump is doing, uh, these executive orders that, that are being implemented, they're being implemented by agencies who are codifying these reforms into the code of federal regulation. That, that is, um, you know, the, they now have the force and effect of law on these agencies. It will be a lift. Uh, it will require administrative work for any subsequent administration to undo these reforms. And that will provide an opportunity, um, again, uh, for Congress, for people, for everyone to pay attention. I mean, the question will become, well, geez, these are reforms that were recommended by, by the scholars on a nonpartisan basis. Um, these are reforms that work against executive branch policymaking, making it more accountable. Uh, why on earth are you doing this? I mean, it, it makes it a political question. Um, so it, perhaps that's optimistic, but I see a path by which when a subsequent administration attempts to undo these common sense sound reforms, um, that it's going to cause Congress to say, well, wait a second here. If they're going to undo it, then maybe we should step in. Um, hopeful. Uh, indeed hopeful, but I'm an optimist. Will Yateman is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You, too, can support Cato and this podcast with an end-of-the-year gift. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And thank you.